0: These are fun, off-the-cuff discussions on movies and streaming series, both new and old.
1: Together, we'll attempt to bridge the gap between Hollywood Industry Insider and the casual viewer.
0: This is Alec. And I'm Ben. And you're listening to the Cinema a to b Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Cinema A2B, a to ba podcast about movies and streaming shows with me, Alec, and with Ben. Hey, everybody. Today... We are doing our first ever fan request. So, I, well, let's be honest. Fan is maybe a little much. It's a family member. My uncle had requested. He really wanted to hear us talk about this movie. And so I was like, hey, let's just slot it in. We can put it in. So hopefully, Pete, you get to enjoy this and uh, we make it worth your while, or we just trash it completely and you hate us and stop listening to (laughs) us. So, one of the two. It's it's either going to go either way. So, there will be no no, middle ground. So today, Ben, we're going to be talking about the 1986 John Hughes film, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, a classic. A classic. A, a classic. classic of all 80s classics. It's cool. it's
1: quite good. 86 was a good year. Yeah. 86 was a fa- fantastic year because you got Ferris Bueller's Day Off and you, you also got Top Gun in the same mm-hmm. year. Yep. And then I know there's some, there's some other movies I'm forgetting, too. The 86 was a nice, nice year for, for movies. Yeah. And don't listen to Quentin Tarantino trash the 1980s. It's, he's, he's wrong. He's wrong. I love Tarantino, but. He's wrong about many when things. When he says the 80s were a bad decade for movies, I could not disagree more. They're just different. It's just different. Yeah. But no, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, one of my absolute favorite films.
0: Is it your favorite John Hughes film then?
1: Yes. Okay. Yeah. And John Hughes, God rest his soul, was a national treasure
0: hmm.
1: for filmmaking in in the 80s and then in even into the early nineties and he didn't make yeah. that many
0: movies, but when he did, no, he directed only like 12 or 14. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, yeah, maybe, maybe that's he, wrote, some. he
1: wrote more, he wrote more. Yeah. But yeah, this yeah, this is absolutely my favorite John Hughes film. And I saw this early. I probably saw this younger than I probably should have, but <laughs> let's be honest. There, there isn't that much in it. Like it's not, it's not, it's not like a scathing movie. It's it's not, you know, it's not full of a bunch of nudity or anything like that. It's not and and John Hughes movies rarely were. This this thing was a blast. I mean, who didn't want to be Ferris Bueller? If I created a list of coolest characters in cinema, Ferris is probably easily top five. Yeah. As far as as far as just cool. But I will say. I'm going to say this early on in our discussion. This movie should not be called Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Ferris Bueller's Day Out, maybe? No. This should, this should be called Cameron Fry's Day Off. Oh. Because it's, it's his journey. Ferris is the vehicle. But Ferris Bueller doesn't have a, an arc. Ferris Bueller the is the same guy at the beginning of the movie, and he's the same guy at the end of the movie. He doesn't change. He always wins. Cameron Fry. Cameron Fry changes. Cool. Cameron Fry has the character arc of this movie. Matthew Broderick as Ferris Bueller is more of a sage kind of carrying, dragging Cameron Frye through this to become a different version of himself. So like, and that, that goes back into the whole film theory stuff of the hero's journey. And this movie follows that, but it's the journey of Cameron Frye. Mm-hmm. It. Now I, I'm not suggesting changing the title of Ferris Bueller's Day off, right? Like the, that, but I'm saying the journey, the the main journey of the character that we all probably, that I probably relate more to is Cameron.
0: Yeah. I was definitely not as cool as Ferris in high school no, at all. No, well, no. Well, don't, don't, don't agree so fast, buddy. You don't know me. No, I'm talking about me, talking about me. I'm talking about me. No, I've never been too cool for school. Man, so I ended up actually rewatching this recently, like today. Like I actually rewatched it. And I'm gonna tell you, it holds up. Like it was still an enjoyable film, um, and it was a lot of fun to see all of the '80s tech that was like considered high tech, and that like the computers, the hacking. Well, I mean, kind of hacking. He does a little bit of it. Um, the, the all the telephones. It was just it was just a fun little throwback of like, oh my goodness, this is. You know, I remember all these things. I mean, like when he's got the synthesizer and he puts a, you know, five and a quarter, you know, inch floppy disk in it to play the cough sounds. And I was like, oh, my goodness, we used to have to do that. Now it's all, you know, USB. But it's just an, an enjoyable film. Just, a, you know, it doesn't do anything. I would say anything crazy. Like it doesn't try to, to be anything more than what it is. So
1: No, but it's such a fixture now of kind of our romanticized vision of what the 1980s were mm-hmm. with the Ferrari, the, the California Ferrari, the GT something. and, and the attire, the wardrobe and just all of it, you know, and then it, the way in many ways it's a love letter to Chicago. Yeah. yeah I mean, it just with, with the, uh, you know, they go to the Cubs game, they go to the the museum Thinking back on this movie, realize it, it makes me realize like if you made this movie now, the the main characters would just have their their heads buried in their cell phones the whole time, <laughs> instead of
0: going like to they'd all these places. they be at the Cubs game, looking down, taking pictures. Yeah, like, trying to get that that right angle, just that. How, do, how were, do I get the all nine nine players? We were with better. My face?
1: We were better without the smartphone. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna use this as a pulpit for that we were we were absolutely better without smartphones and ferris bueller go go watch ferris bueller that's that's how teenagers should be you know i was fortunate because i was kind of the last generation i didn't get a cell phone till college Mm -hmm. and it wasn't a smartphone and it was only only for emergencies but i mean you just yeah it it harkens back to such a different time a different era and it does it romanticizes
0: the 80s the 80s weren't perfect there's a lot of and you're especially looking at a, you know, more upper middle class to rich,
1: oh 80s no, family. Ferris at- was Ferris was loaded, like yeah, by yeah, yeah absolutely. He's hanging out so cash
0: left and right. So it's was everybody. Cameron.
1: Yeah. So was Cameron. Remember Cameron's house? Oh yeah, Down the middle of the you woods, know, but they were it had both like a garage. They were
0: both upper. They yeah. weren't middle class. It was like up, yeah, upper crust. So majority of people probably couldn't, you know, experience the eighties like they experienced the eighties, but definitely romanticized no. of this is no. what it could have been had you had money.
1: You know, it's funny this movie actually gets quoted at my work. It, the The area I work in, you know, it's it's me and it's another videographer, and then it's two graphic designers with some other experience in like audio and motion graphics. So it's four of us, and we quote a ton of movies. And this one gets quoted um, quite a bit. It seems like um, nine times, nine <laughs> times gets quoted a lot. And, and then the other one is he Kennedy, Kennedy, Kennedy. It's so wing better,
0: you know, It'
1: so super quotable movie. Yeah. You know, I, I will say un, sadly, Jeffrey Jones as principal Rooney, like he, he did some really bad stuff, the actor did, and so mm. it's left kind of a like his his star has a stain on it, but he's so damn good in this. Oh, he's fantastic. Like he's this. so good. I mean, he's as equally good as the antagonist as Matthew Broderick is, as Ferris as the protagonist. Like he's he's his perfect counterpoint in every way. Mm-hmm. And the movie's nowhere near as fun if 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 he wasn't Rooney. This is as much fun as you'll have watching a movie. Like I don't I don't think I've ever created that list, right? I probably should. Like most fun movies. And that's kind of a generic term, but way to define them. But this this movie's near the top. This thing just I just have a smile on my face through most of it. Yeah, Alan, it is. It's it's Cameron Fry's journey. Alan Ruck is fantastic. Fantastic, Adam.
0: When yeah. he does all the the voices of, of the different dads or whatever, <laughs> just every oh time dang, you don't speak to me that way. <laughs> you know, yeah, he's
1: he's so good. He's so oh. good. When I watch it, I kind of almost feel bad for for both Ruck and Broderick because they just never they've had Got nice careers. It's like they it kind of peaked with Ferris Feelers Day Off. It was lightning in a bottle. They didn't ever really reach those heights
0: again. I mean, Matthew had a good good career up, up to then, but I definitely like, I think you're right. He peaked because when I mean, you had, he was war games beforehand. I mean, but what early two thousands, he did Godzilla, which was absolutely terrible. I could not Yeah, he see He did.
1: Ca- he's really good in cable guy
0: opposite
1: yeah. Jim Carrey. He does a place. He plays the straight man really well. And then I think, and then Godzilla was right around was a little later. And, and that really hurt his career. Yeah. And then Ruck has had more of a, a career in television and they, and they, you know, they both work. So from that yeah. standpoint, like they're not, and I'm not saying they're failures. I'm just saying it's tough to come to terms. I think with, with peaking that early mm-hmm. and then kind of chasing the success and wondering, man, am I ever going to make a, get attached to a better project than this? Is this going to be it? Yeah. And so far that seems to be the case, but what a
0: beautiful movie though. After rewatching it, I had forgotten how long, he spends in his house like it's like th- almost 40 minutes of the movie oh yeah ferris doesn't leave his house
1: which is a credit to hughes to make that interesting
0: yeah i mean doing all the stuff around you know like obviously he's setting up all the pieces for things and you have conversations with you know cam ran out via phone and those kind of stuff but yeah to kind of get build that up which is good but it never felt slow but i but it feels like he gets right out and into the car and into Chicago no. like, like that. But no, it, it's like most of the movie is him at home, you know, or him yeah, in his neighborhood. And I, think,
1: and I think what makes it work is, you know, he breaks the fourth wall. A lot. Yeah. You know, he talks, he talks, he's talking to you, he's talking to the camera almost immediately. And when he's in the house Yeah. and this is the first thinking back, this has got to be the first movie I ever saw that did that, that broke the fourth wall where I had mm-hmm. a, the main character actually talking to me. And so and and they pepper that in throughout, so you just feel like this fourth party member to Ferris Cameron and Sloan that gets to be with them Go on the
0: ride with them, yep,
1: yeah, and it's so it's so wonderful, it's so wonderful, <laughs> yeah, and then <laughs> yeah, it's
0: and it's hilarity just, ensues, so yeah.
1: Yeah, and 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 obviously you got Ben Stein, you know. Oh, fun fact about Bueller.
0: that. You yeah. know, so the Bueller part, the attendant, the role th- attendance was supposedly his only dialogue. The rest of the dialogue was uh, John Hughes had asked Ben Stein just do an economics uh, presentation because he was a teacher at the time as well or a professor. He's just like just do an economics thing and treat it like a regular class, but just do it, you know, in your in that tone. And obviously it works because it is like I'm, I'm watching it now. I'm just like, oh, this is terrible. This is terrible. When I read that, I was like, oh, that's that's also hilarious. That that's a real lecture. <laughs> yeah. Everybody falling asleep. And yeah, you
1: got that nice cameo at the end with Charlie Sheen. Yeah.
0: Just playing it's just a, a much closer part. version to himself than we ever imagined. <laughs> we thought he was playing out of type. And no, yeah, that's we just, thought he was out of type. And no, that's, that's just Charlie. He was on a he yeah. was on a bender came in. John Hughes was like, hey, here you go. Well, at this point, then, I guess the only Sheen person that he didn't work with was uh, was Martin, was the dad, because obviously uh, Emilio and Breakfast Club, Charlie Sheen here. So, you know. yeah, I never noticed that before. No, it's well, it's um, I've got
1: an eye for these things. You do. You really do. The thing the thing with this movie, though, you know, it just it feels like a snapshot in time for me. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the things that works so well. And I don't know that that was... I don't think that was the intent, right? I think they're just trying to tell the story of of these teenagers. But the more time that's passed, it, the nostalgia factor just seems to grow for me, right? It don't, it's almost even... The story's sort of in the background now, and it's more... Like you said, it's, it's just this awesome snapshot into mid-1980s Americana. Yeah. And... And it's still funny. I don't I don't think I ever thought it was like knockdown drag out hilarious, but it's just a funny movie and then it's in it it is it's highly quote, quotable. Mm-hmm. And I think comedies need to be really quotable. Cuz half the fun is is reliving moments with your friends or yeah. in my case friends and coworkers and, coworkers. and just weaving <laughs> we just have a bad habit of weaving cinematic dialogue into everyday conversation i'm sort of just a functioning robot in that regard i mean god bless my wife for putting up with it i don't even <laughs> it's not something i actively try to do but it's just, it comes just out. sort of it's the yeah. way my brain is wired from seeing so many of these movies but yeah ferris bueller's uh part of that fixture you know yeah
0: i think you uh you said it best it's a good fun i mean i wouldn't call it a light comedy but it's definitely much more almost like an adventure film with some comedy in it, as opposed to just, just like a straight up comedy and things. So,
1: yeah. And then, and then it, it gets serious at the end. It mm-hmm. really does. Like the, the comedy melts away. And usually I get frustrated when movies do that right now. I'll, I'll cite a movie. The first half of wedding crashers is absolutely hysterical, but the back quarter is just a like buy, paint by paint my numbers romance film. Mm-hmm. And the comedy and is, like, is gone. It's like almost devoid of comedy at that point. This movie Except waits to the Ferrell very,
0: very end to do that. Yeah. What's that? Except for Will Ferrell thrown in that one.
1: Yeah, funeral. you yeah. get that peppered in, but that after that, it's... Yeah. But this yeah. movie, they really wait till the very, very end to do that. To, to turn it into a... I wouldn't even call it a drama. It's just... It's very coming of age. And it's what... A, yeah, and, and Cameron... Cameron does. He goes from boy to man. Like he really does. He, he, he finally stands up for himself is like, yeah, we're, I don't care. We're going to, we're going to talk about this. He loves this car more than me. He Mm -hmm. probably loves this car more than he loves his wife. And I'm going to finally confront the guy on this and we'll see what happens. Yeah. And it's, it's a great moment. And yeah, that harkens back to why I think this, this is the easily could be called Cameron fries day off, but You don't market a movie by doing that.
0: (laughs) No, no, no one wants to be Cameron. Everyone wants to be Ferris.
1: Yeah, sure. Everybody wants to be Ferris, but the reality is most of us are Cameron. Mm -hmm. That's, I mean, that's why, that's why the movie resonates with me so much, you know? And then they have this, he has this really poignant conversation with Sloan by the pool where he's just like, Hey, this is kind of, this is kind of it for us. Like we're not going to go to the same colleges. They're not going to go to the same schools. But his time with Ferris was of value mm-hmm. because Ferris was the, the driving influence to become a man, to finally man up and be like, I'm going to take control of my life. The path of my life's going to take. I'm not going to, and I'm not going to lay here and be a victim. So the message is awesome. Like it's this, it's this fabulous life message wrapped in the trappings of, of comedy and rambunctiousness and that sick Ferrari that's actually <laughs> a piece of crap that they could barely get to run. Well, yeah, cause, cause it wasn't was, it was really a Ferrari. copy car. It wasn't real. Yeah. No, it was, yeah. it was built off of a, it was on a Volkswagen, um, bug. Yeah. It was like fiberglass uh, or something or beetle beetle chassis. And they and, uh, Ruck has said that the damn thing would hardly ever start. Like it just it cut off mid scene and stuff. Yeah. It was a terrible car to drive, but for the purposes yeah. of the movie, it's, uh, it's definitely
0: one of those iconic movie cars for sure. Well, and definitely scenes the with uh you know the parking garage attendants taking out for a joyride. That was Oh, it's so you know, great. Scary. It's so great. This is why I drive crap cars, so I don't if I give them off the valets, they're never gonna take it anywhere because uh. I'm like, this thing is a piece of junk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what's so the remind
1: it. me, what's the music that plays when they make that big jump in it?
0: Um, isn't it? Oh my goodness. I just watched it. You should think, I think it's the space odyssey 2001, uh, stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Up, it, it, you're right. Like it is. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. It is. Because they're basically airborne at that point. That's such, such a good, good time. It would make yes. me
1: sad if somebody's listening to this that had never seen Ferris Bueller's Day off, but I'm, I'm sure it's, I'm sure that's a distinct possibility.
0: We're outside the statute of limitations of spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, this thing's, uh, 37 years old it's hard for me to kind of come to terms with that, that this movie is almost 40 years old, but if you're much younger and you want to see what, what eighties teen kind of a glorified version of what eighties teens were,
0: were up to John Hughes, almost half his catalog is that. Yeah. I think he just, he wanted to relive his high school years or kind of revisit that time period. I think he was one of those who definitely kind of was nostalgic for all of that time period of being in high school. I mean, you have this, and then I would also say the the flip side of that coin is like Breakfast Club, where you have to deal with a lot more of the, you know, dregs is not the right word, but the underbelly sometimes of of high school and things of that sort. As well, you get to, yeah, you
1: get the full you get the full spectrum of cliques and groups and social and economic classes in Breakfast Club. That's its, yeah. its strength. You're not going to get that with Ferris, like we've said. They're
0: they're basically middle to upper middle class oh, and yeah, easily. I mean, just l- look all the gear that he's got, you know, the yeah. computer, the synthesizer, the,
1: Oh, and I, when I was a kid, I, I loved his whole rig for the mannequin in the bed. <laughs> yeah. I just thought that was genius. I, well, but and I kind
0: of
1: was expensive. I knew in the back of my mind that it would never work for me to skip school.
0: Oh, and I his uh, ones that got and
1: his parents the actors the actor and actress that plays his parents are so, so good they're so
0: good <laughs> so trusting of Ferris so loving oh, of yeah, Ferris oh yeah
1: <laughs> and i i loved the um cuz i've seen it play out with friends of mine growing up but i loved the whole two tier system of parenting that exists with how they treat Ferris versus how they treat his sister yep cuz i i had that growing up except it was uh flip flopped I had, I had a friend growing up and his sister could get away with anything and she was like two or three years younger and his mom was just on him like white on rice and he couldn't get away with anything. And so that the movie, that aspect totally reminds me. That's like, yeah, that's true. That's true to (laughs) life. The whole, the whole dual system of, of the, the younger child that just can get away with murder and then the expectations are greater for the older child. Yeah. And Jennifer Grey is great. Yeah, because yeah, this is uh,
0: yeah, and this is before she does uh, what Dirty Dancing too. So
1: is it before? Yeah, it's before Dirty Dancing. Before, dirty, yeah, dirty, dirty, before d- yeah, Dirty
0: Dancing. And I love Rooney's secretary. Like, just oh, yeah, she steals the scenes when she's in there. Oh, like, yeah. so she's pulling all the pencils out <laughs> of her, hair. Out her hair. <laughs> Yeah, there is some a, good sight gags and stuff in this. Yeah. It's a fun movie. Go see it if you haven't seen it, or if you haven't watched it for a while. It still holds up. I mean, I literally just watched it. It still holds up. It's still fun to watch.
1: Yeah, and I, I guess I want to say to to folks listening, like I can be a film snob, but I'm not really a film snob because I adore movies like this. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think this is every bit as good as something really serious that took home a bunch of Academy Awards. Like it, it is, because for me, it's not always the the content, it's the execution.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. And Ferris Bueller, the, the, the story and, you know, the dialogue's all really good. The dialogue's witty and it's, it's, and John Hughes always wrote really believable, fun, witty dialogue. But the story itself isn't anything earth shattering, but the execution of this is just on point. Yeah. And Ferris Bueller's great. Ferris Bueller's The Office great film. It It yeah. is. I, I'd put it up against anything. Like it's, it's in the the top upper tier of 80s 80s cinema with me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like for what it is, like do i think it's a better movie than Raiders of the Lost Ark? No. No, but it's not it's not light years behind it. It's just different. Yeah, which it's just is just a different fun. kind of
0: film. Well, and i will say for especially as an actor the we always look down on comedy. We think it's easy. We think it's well. This is why it doesn't win best picture and stuff like that. Doing that dramatic stuff is so much more difficult to get it. I find, and I know talking to a lot of, you know, actors, doing the dramatic stuff is cake. Trying to get comedy that lands right, that's the difficult part. Like that is hard to do. Cause I mean, it's, you gotta get the timing right. You gotta get the the sentence structure right. You've got to get so much more right where, I mean, for drama, like I can look sad and then I just say some stuff you know or i can just look at angry and say some stuff. It's why like i really dislike that Leo got his Oscar for The Revenant because basically he was in pain and angry the entire time. That that emotion doesn't really not that much different. Like when i'm in pain and i'm angry, it's going to be pretty close. So he doesn't have that range whereas like, you know, with comedy, you do have to kind of hit those things. You do have to try harder and sometimes it doesn't land. So it's a lot harder to get a good comedy that hits a lot of people than it is to get a drama that hits a lot of people, in my opinion.
1: And, th- and this one does. Oh, this yeah. one hit a large swath of the audience yeah. in when it was released, and even today, I still, I still laughed. Still yeah, enjoyed that's myself. Great. Any uh, any parting thoughts? I, that was yeah. my last parting thought. Really was great. No, yeah. it's uh, it's
0: something well, I do like to go back and watch. And a gem from out. the '80s. Yeah, that's pr- and that's probably not on an AFI list.
1: No, and it's not gonna. It's not gonna get like a Criterion collection, right? Like they're no. not gonna. They're not gonna add Ferris Bueller's Day Off to the Criterion, right? That, that's just not that kind of movie. But that doesn't mean it's. That, that doesn't mean it's not a special film. No, because it is. Well, I thank everybody for tuning in to another episode of Cinema A to B. We're rolling right along. Drop in episodes every Monday. Every
0: Monday. Every Catch us on, on our YouTube site, so yep. at Cinema A to B. Um, we're also on Instagram and Facebook, also at, at Cinema A to B. Come join the conversation, like our stuff, subscribe to our stuff, you know, do all that fun stuff that you're supposed to do to something that you listen to.
1: Yes. If you listen audio only, please leave us a review. Please. And if it's good, if it's think. bad, if you don't like it, don't, you know, only pitching the five-star reviews, right? <laughs> like don't, don't give us a one, you know, um, we think, thanks everybody for listening. We will, uh, we will catch you on, uh, next week on Mondays. All right. Appreciate you.